Well, welcome to the postgame wrap. Bulldogs bounce back. A 13-2 win over Vanderbilt, evening the series, forcing a winner-take-all tomorrow night, 6 o'clock here in Omaha. The winner will win the national championship. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're live at the Hilton in Omaha, downtown Hilton, team hotel for the Bulldogs. And, boy, it is a crazy scene here after Mississippi State Knocks off Vanderbilt 13 to 2. Charlie just got real, brother. Boy, howdy. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Man, I uh, knew we would be getting together tonight. I did not really expect to be getting together after a ball game that ended the way that one did. Uh, it ended early. It did. It was it was one of those nights where it was almost like the Stanford game a couple of years ago where everyone knew the inevitable at about the fourth inning and you had a chance to really soak it in. I think that's kind of what made it special tonight is you had a chance to look around the stadium and see all the fans, see how crowded it was, see that sea of maroon, and you got great pitching, Houston Harding bouncing back on short rest, and then – to wrap it up at the very end. And I tell you what, man, Preston Johnson, I tell you, <laughs> Preston Johnson, of course, he had a big lead to work with. That was the big thing. But what he did in five innings tonight cannot be understated about saving the bullpen for tomorrow. Yes, yes, it was huge. I, I tweeted out at one point that I don't care if he's throwing up behind the mound, he's finishing this ball game. And look, he was gassed. <laughs> he was gassed, man. But those two guys tonight gave you more than you ever reasonably could have asked for. Absolutely. More than you ever could have reasonably asked for. And so all of a sudden you start to look at how balances shift. Tomorrow for Vanderbilt, you're going to have Rocker. You're going to see Maldonado. But here's what you got tomorrow. Whatever you can get out of Will Bednar you got. And you bought another day not using Landon Sims. Chris Lamonis just talked to the media a moment ago, and they asked that question about Will Bednar tomorrow. And he is going on the short rest if he goes. And Chris was like, hey, we haven't made any decisions yet. And I kept getting that text, especially late in the game today, hey, do you see Bednar? Are we going to see Bednar? It's almost like people are wanting to will it into existence. It's still three days rest. It's still a short rest for a guy. And we talked to Roy Oswald about that last night. You know, it was really interesting, Charlie, talking to Roy and about pitchers pitching on short rest. The first time I saw a high fastball tonight from Houston Harding, I thought about what Roy said last night. The legs are the first thing to go, and you're going to start missing high. And you saw that a little bit in the at the end of the third inning, some in the fourth inning. And so you kind of wonder what that plays into tomorrow night with Bednar. Now, the positive for us is this. We got a number 23 that hadn't been used in a while, and he's a guy that you can lock in if you need him for a few innings. Yeah, you absolutely can. And, look, I still believe in the rest of this bullpen, too. You may need a couple of innings from them here and there, and I believe in these guys. Um, you know, you can go back and you look. Everybody stubbed their toe now and then. But we have seen Mississippi State get through some games in the bullpen. But here's what you've done, man. You've given yourself a chance. And given the circumstances that we faced when we started this best of three finals, which have been well documented, we got everything we could have asked for. And so here you are. 
let's look at how this one unfolded tonight. We'll talk more about tomorrow night, probably in more detail than we know what we're talking about. But looking back to tonight, and I know there were several big moments, but I thought just coming out in the first inning and Houston Harding with the first batter of the game with Bradfield pretty much saying, I'm going to throw strikes. If you boys put it in play, you put it in play. And he strikes him out looking the first at bat. He gets a ground ball. He gets another strikeout. He established his presence early. And really, you could tell it was one of those things where you didn't want Vanderbilt to come out after that big win last night and get something in the first inning. That goose egg in the top of the first tonight was one of the biggest half innings that you could possibly ask for. And look, even when we've gotten some good outings from Houston Harding, that hasn't always been the case. You go back to the regionals, go back to Notre Dame, you know, he's been touched some early and had to you've kind of had to come back and pitch around that or play around that. I thought the big moment for me was Houston Harding getting through the third inning. It looked like in the third inning, you started to think about the things that Roy Oswalt's talked to us about yesterday. And that was your legs start to go and you start to miss up. He lost his changeup in the third. He lost his changeup. He was, he was kind of spraying all over the place, a lot of them in the dirt, but he gutted his way through it. He found it. And to me, that was a really big sequence in the game. Well, you look to the bottom of the first inning. You know, after the leadoff guys are retired, Rowdy Jordan with a fly out, and Tanner Ellis struck out looking. Cameron James, here's the thing about tonight. We talk about some of the games that we've had difficulties when, when we've lost and, and kind of given teams an open door. Vanderbilt gave us an open door tonight in that first inning, but you got to make teams pay for it. Starting the runner and Luke Hancock getting that ball into the right field corner kind of got the crowd into it a little bit, and the crowd's still going here an hour after the ball game. Yeah, I thought there was a couple of times that Mississippi State was able to take advantage some, of some openings. And you've talked about this so many times. Good teams make you pay when you give them an opportunity. And I thought it was in the third inning that Mississippi State finally got that to go in their favor. That four-run spot in the third, it, it was just huge. And the other thing you did is – there was never a time. You go back and you look, we scored 13 runs. We left 14 guys on base tonight. I mean, there were Bulldogs on the bases all night long. And, Bart, I need to detour one second. And, and just to take in for a second the scene that we're seeing here, this is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And, by the way, this team, you and I spend so much time talking about old Mississippi State teams. There has never been a team make it to the point that this team has made it right now. So for all the talk that people want to have about, did you make the right decision? Did you play the right guy? Is this guy performing the way you need to? This team has made it farther than any Mississippi State team ever has. You know, I talked to Chris Stewart this morning, and I'll go down that rabbit hole with you right now. And he asked me, he said, Bart, he said, it's, it's real, real weird. And of course, Chris and a couple other other of our buddies, Mike Grace and J.D. Byers, they do a statewide radio show in the state of Alabama. And of course, Chris does men's basketball and baseball and does Alabama you know, coaches shows at, over to, for football. And, and Chris says, and we're good friends, and Chris says, hey, I've got a buddy of mine that lives in Birmingham. And he said, Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, he started driving. He said, I'm going to Carbondale, Illinois. He told his wife, I'm going to Carbondale, 
And if we win, I'm going to Omaha. If we lose, I'm going to turn back around and come back. And Chris says, it's just different. He said, I, he said I'm, I know Alabama football, but Mississippi State baseball is just its different. And I told him, I was like, you know, it's one of those things, it's, it's our sport. And for so many times, for, I mean, hey, we're football guys too. We love men's basketball. We've been to the Final Four. But for so long, this was the sport that we held our hat on. And when you start talking about guys who are in their 50s, 40s, 30s, I mean, even guys in their 70s who remember those teams of the Paul Gregory, it's the special, man. And when you see what you're seeing right now in this hotel, I mean, how many people, I, there's no telling how many people I've talked to today that were here and said, you know what, I don't have tickets for the game tonight. And they may have stayed at the hotel. They just want to be here. And that's what's so crazy and makes us so special. Chris Lamonis talks about it all the time. We talk about it all the time, about how special our people are. And I tell you what, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been coming to that ballpark since it was wood bleachers, man, and so have you. I've never seen it like this. I never have. The, the closest thing that I know to relate this to that I have seen is a Final Four for men's basketball just in terms of the sheer craziness, but I think this outdoes it. You kind of compared it to the Liberty Bowl. I mean, this is a football-type size crowd. It, this is this is phenomenal, and it's it, there really aren't words that can capture what it is we're seeing. And, and this scene is replicating itself in other hotel lobbies across this town. And what I meant by the Liberty Bowl is it was just so close. I think of like 2007 when we made the bowl for the first time in, what, seven years, and it's so close. There were so many people there. Everybody was excited to be there. And the, the hotel lobby is just a madhouse, and that's the way it is right now. And I think one of the reasons they're in a madhouse is, Charlie, like you talked about, you look back to that bottom of the third inning, and you start talking about the big crowd. Vanderbilt starting little tonight. It was almost like the scene got a little bit too big for him a little bit because all of a sudden the walks. I mean, look at all the walks that we put together tonight. We had 10 walks. And look how many errors they had. They committed three on the night. And there was a couple other times you don't get called for an error because, you know, the rule is you don't assume the double play. They missed some turns. They missed some chances. I thought you saw some guys for Vanderbilt get tested today and struggle with it. And you could just almost sense it coming earlier in that ball game with Little, it felt like. And it was, I thought, I'll, this is going to sound like a strange comment, but I want to see if you'll go here with me, Bart. I thought the Mississippi State crowd had a better energy from the word go tonight at that ball game than they did yesterday. Yeah, I think so. I agree. It was almost like we're going to try to will you to some runs early. Yeah, and yesterday, honestly, there was a lot more of this. Every time that guy whistled, we wanted to say what we had to say. It, it was almost like we spent too much time worrying about Vanderbilt and not enough about us. Tonight was a pro-Mississippi State crowd, not an anti-Vanderbilt crowd. But it did help not putting up, giving up seven runs in the first. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that certainly uh, changes one's attitude, doesn't it? So when you score four in the third, add one to it in the fourth, two more in the fifth, the ball game's over at that time. And so then what does Vanderbilt start doing? They start think, throwing Berkwitz and Owens and Evans. and I mean, they're, they're going to have some bullets in the bullpen tomorrow night too. That's one of the negatives. If there is a negative about winning big, especially in the middle innings. Now, the positive for us is, is you can throw your guys out like Preston Johnson and say, hey, 
I don't care how tired you are, like you just said a minute ago, I don't care if you have to throw it behind the mound. You're going to finish these gassers. You're going, <laughs> you are going to throw, and, hey, he answered the bell. But Don't even look at the dugout, buddy. It's yours. Exactly. But it's almost like kind of we were last night of when you fall behind early, you don't have to burn big bullets. That's where Vanderbilt was tonight. And so what that does set up is two teams that have enough pieces to piece it together tomorrow night. And it's almost like this thing evens up in a hurry. Yeah, and you look at it. If we were for a moment to take off our Mississippi State hats and to look at this game tomorrow, look, Vanderbilt's going to be feeling pretty good. They're sending a guy out there who's done it. He has done it on the big stage, but he is not invincible. He, he really is not. If you go back, look, he got touched by Arizona earlier this week. And he's on four days rest. I mean, it's not like he's had all week. He's going to be on short rest as well. And so what does that mean? When do the legs begin to go for Kumar Rocker? Is it the fourth inning? Is it the fifth inning? How, how quickly can you get to him? And the thing, too, Charlie, when guys have some adversity and they're tired, if you can string something together, I thought that was the big thing in the third inning tonight is being able to string the inning along and expanding the inning. It's not about longevity of pitches. It's about throwing a lot of pitches in one inning, what gets you out of there. If you could put something together, a three-run inning early tomorrow, man, that would be just massive. I think you make a really good point because we get hung up on pitch counts a lot of times and those matter. But much worse than throwing 120 pitches is throwing 40 in one inning. You know, it's that having to throw and not being able to get out of the inning. I thought that was a big thing. Preston Johnson's pitch count was great today. Kept it at 74 over five innings. And, look, again, I know there's so many things to talk about in this game. We've gone this far, and we haven't mentioned a guy who had a big night to play for Mississippi State. Man, Lane Forsyth, Lane Forsyth. There's a bunch of people who owe Lane Forsyth an apology right now. (laughs) Yes. And I don't think I'm one of them, but there's a lot of people. And, hey, coming through at the bottom of the order, We've, we've said it. That's the thing. When you start looking up and down this lineup tonight, you had some you had some output throughout the lineup. Every starter had a hit in the game. That's what's crazy. Rowdy had one. Tanner had two. Cameron James had one. Luke Hancock was two for two. Logan Tanner was one for three. Scotty DeBrule was two for six. Cumbus was one for four. Need to check on Cumbus. See how that, that wrist is doing. Clark was one for four. And how about the guy with the most hits in the lineup tonight, Lane Forsyth, who went three for five with a couple of RBIs. And so you build out that lead, Charlie, your lead eight to one going to the seventh inning. And that bottom of the seventh was almost like a culmination. That was like the block party. Vanderbilt fans started leaving. And our fans were just staying in there. And I want to say this. And I, I mean this in the, the most Christian way possible. And <laughs> – it's, it, we talked about this a couple, a couple shows ago about us broadcasting and not sitting out and being introverted people when you try to watch the ball game. You don't want to talk a whole lot. Tonight I had something that was like thrown like in the mix in another way. And it's something that, hey, to be honest with you, I know a lot of you people that are listening to this, you're going to say, Bart, I deal with it every game. It's the obnoxious opposing fan. I sat right beside the big Vanderbilt team block, okay? And I will say this, 98% of the people 
that sat across the aisle from me were exceptional people. But you had the one. You had the one guy who was three seats in. And about the third inning, I'd had enough. And the third inning, you know what I said, Charlie? I looked at him and I said, let me tell you this. Vanderbilt is better than this. It's better than somebody like you. It's better than a plastic mound. It's uh, better. See, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's you you, you got to stop this. You got to stop this. We lost after you pulled this stunt last time. I'm not. Uh, we are reversing this right now. I'm joking. I didn't, uh, I didn't do that. No, I'll tell you what I uh, had to deal with today. And, you know, I, I'm an anti-wave guy. I feel like the wave should have been kicked out after the 84 Olympics. The beach balls have got to go. Yeah. The beach balls have got to go. And tomorrow, I'm going to be a hostile guy when the beach ball comes around. Well, and I was the same way with the wave tonight because we came out and the folks in right field were trying to start a wave. They were more worried about the wave than they were in the ball game. And I, we talk about the fans. The fans were so great the entire game. It was almost like the game became secondary because we're going to start the wave. And then all of a sudden, Preston Johnson walks the guy and is like, hey, let me tell you something, folks. If you want to be a part of this, Starting a wave ain't the part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I pay too much for these tickets. And by the way, we are in the traveling bank for our studios. And I want to thank those guys. And I want to be especially nice to them tonight, Bart. Because I went to StubHub tonight, and I'm going to have to go see my friends at Bank First uh, about a home <laughs> equity line of credit, perhaps. Uh, see what kind of the HELOC deal I can get from my friend Marcus Mallory because, boy, howdy. That's the one thing, man. If you have the inkling that Mississippi State's going to make the finals, invest early in oh. tickets for this tournament. It's been crazy, man. Of course, um, Bank First, they have locations throughout Mississippi, now in Alabama as well. They're just going crazy in that Tuscaloosa market, the Golden Triangle, Madison, Hattiesburg. Man, they just do a great job with their commercial lending, also with their mortgages, the refinancement, all those guys just do a great job. And, just great people to deal with as well. And that's Bank First bringing you our studios, the traveling studios tonight from the Hilton in downtown Omaha as State knocks off Vanderbilt 13-2. to You know, I don't know what kind of Bart Gregory I have here tonight. I don't know, I don't if, know if I've got kind of, this game got delayed. I'm a little tired, Bart Gregory. I don't know, I what don't Bart know Gre if I've got excited Bart or if I've got – Tomorrow's going to be a really long day on my nerves, Bart. What, what do we have out of you right now? You know, I, I made the statement at the ball game that I didn't know whether to puke or cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I'm really I'm, – I don't know who I am right now. I, I have no idea who I am right now. I'm kind of like the whistler. <laughs> well, you know, the whole thing that coaches give you sometimes, we're going to enjoy this one tonight, but when we wake up tomorrow, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. This one's going to be tough. Man, it will be. Hey, let's take a look at our stats, and our stats are brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Maroon and White Realty, Star Avenue, and, man, you start talking about the great job they do in the real estate market in the Startwell area. Well, Sterling Dahl, he's got a great team with him. And Sterling, he's got Britt Reynolds and Michelle McNeil and Taylor Copeland. If, if you're looking for property management, if you're looking for a condo, if you're looking for a second home, Whatever you're looking for, if you're looking to just move to Startwell and you want anything you can possibly, if you want land, they can find it for you. They've got a great reputation in the Startwell market with other real estate, real estate agents, and so they do a great job at Maroon and White Realty. And so let's take a look at those stats. We gave you the stats for State offensively about Rowdy going. Rowdy was 0 for 5 before that last at bat. Got an RBI with that single into right field. State 
had 13 runs on 14 hits in the game, played airless baseball. Like you said, Charlie, 14 left on base. Vanderbilt, two runs on four hits. That's what's the surprise and just really tells you the job of Houston Harding and Preston Johnson tonight. Two runs, four hits. They commit three errors in the game and leave six on the bases. You start talking about pitching for State. Houston Harding, four innings of work, one run on two hits, four strikeouts, two walks. Of course, the lone run that he gave up was the the home run for Vanderbilt, and that was Rodriguez in the second inning. So what a great outing for Houston Harding. And then Preston Johnson, five innings of work, and it's Preston who picks up the win. He's now 4-0 and on the season, and he, like Harding, gave up one run on two hits. He struck out seven. He walked two. And so you look at a combined 11 strikeouts tonight and four walks. Those guys did their job. Houston Harding went 55 pitches, 31 strikes. He was a strike thrower. And then Preston Johnson, 74 pitches, 45 strikes. And so just a great outing for the Bulldogs pitching tonight and at the plate. And then you look, flip the page, you look at Vanderbilt. Bradfield in the leadoff spot, hit the triple into right field, got it over the right fielder, Tanner Allen's head. But Preston Johnson kind of settled in right after that big triple. I mean, that's the thing is we had our moments. Vanderbilt had some opportunities tonight. You start thinking about that possible double play ball <laughs> that we almost threw oh, away boy. and got runners to third with one out. I mean, he, he really did a great job of getting out of some early jams and how that could have changed the ball game. Yeah, and, and you got to go back, too, and, and keep in mind because we, we kind of see what happened at the end of that game. This game was not over when Preston Johnson came into it. There was still a lot of doubt left in this thing because if you think for a minute Vandy can't come back, you know, from being down six to one, boy, you're just wrong. I mean, heck, we saw him score seven runs in inning last night. So I thought that Johnson was just outstanding. And if things go, well, there is a chance that we look back at this ball game and say that Preston Johnson and Houston Harding Houston Harding were very, very big in this season. Hey, you look back to 97. We're still talking about Keith Dillgard and the outing he had in the middle of that tournament against Georgia Tech, who was the nation's number one team. Start talking about some of those guys out of the bullpen who have performed well in games leading up to the big ones. That was a tremendous setup game for Preston Johnson. Vanderbilt had four hits. They had no one who had multiple hits in the game. Bradfield had a hit. Colwick was one for two. Rodriguez, the catcher, was one for three. And then Romero Jr. got, a, got the RBI late in the game. And so Vanderbilt had a tough time in the order tonight. On the mound, Little drew the start. He takes the loss. He goes two innings, gives up five runs, four earned on just three hits. He struck out two. He walked four early on. And then Riley, you know, we roughed up Riley a little bit. You thought Riley may be have, may have been your starter tonight for Vanderbilt, but he had not pitched well of late. He goes one inning, gives up one run, one hit. Four walks. Four walks. Four walks. Then Berkowitz comes in, gives up two runs on six hits, five strikeouts, no walks. Vanderbilt finished the night with ten strikeouts and ten walks. We threw a total of 129 pitches tonight. Vanderbilt threw a total of 212 in the game. That tells you a lot right there about how long their pitchers were out there. 
Yeah, and you go back, look, they walked eight in the first three innings. That's just, that's a recipe for disaster. We saw us struggle with walks yesterday. It flipped the script. And, boy, these are two games that haven't been terribly competitive. Nope, not at all. Got a feeling that changes tomorrow. Probably does. Hey, if you're watching at home and you have no cares, then it's been pretty boring for you, for someone who doesn't care. Now, tonight was fun for us. Last night was not fun for us. But tonight was a lot of fun for us. I'll tell you, the one thing, though, Bart, starting about the fifth, you kind of started getting past, you know, after we put those two runs on the board. So you go up at that point, was it nine to one? Eight to one, rather. Eight to one. And at that point, all I could do was keep staring at the bullpen and thinking, don't dare let anybody get out of a chair. (laughs) Do not. I mean, because to me, that became the real issue. Not so much whether you're going to win or lose, but fighting to not have to use more arms. And so those stats brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Maroon and White Realty on Star Avenue in Starkville. Well, give them a call for any of your real estate needs. That's at Maroon and White Realty in Starkville. Well, time now for our play of the game brought to you by Two Brothers Smoke Meats. I got it right tonight. Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive right in the heart of the Cotton District. Charlie, you and I have been doing some post-game shows in football before, and we start talking about all those bars in the Cotton District. This is, this is what it looks like right now. The, the Hilton in Omaha looks like all the rest. It looks like two brothers after a Saturday night against Alabama. It is, it is tight in here right now. Imagine if you domed the Cotton District. That's all we have. <laughs> uh, we're, we're in the dome of the Cotton District. So the play of the game brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Have you had a chance to look and find, scour the box score, think back in that treasure trove of memory that you have from the previous five hours? What do you have for the play of the game? Well, I don't really know. (laughs) I just don't really know. You know, a lot of times, Bart, I show up with some very strong opinions. But if I'm thinking about the play of the game, first of all, I'm going to have to think about something on the mound. And I'm going to have to think about something on the mound when things were tight and when things look like they might be getting away from us. So I'm going to go top of the third inning. It was a one-to-one ball game. Houston Harding is back out on the mound. He gets a pop-up for out number one on a 3-1 count. He was missing with his changeup. Then he issues the walk to Gonzalez on five pitches. And Bradfield comes to the plate. And this is where I got a little bit nervous because Bradfield's got a 2-1 count at that point, and Harding wasn't able, it seemed like, to locate. He couldn't get a secondary pitch over, and I thought that was kind of a dangerous spot for us right there with Bradfield and Young. But he's able to get the fly out to Bradfield after he's in an advantage count at 2-1. And so is that a boring thing to pick, a fly out? in the third inning well it may be but i thought that is where houston harding got things kind of righted and was able to get out of the inning and i thought getting out of the inning in the third when your pitcher looked like he may be falling apart which means you may have to go to your bullpen sooner which means Sims comes into play and all these things that could go wrong when the bullpen door opens i'm going houston harding getting a fly out in the top of the third all right i'm going to the bottom of the third the first batter tanner allen we talked about T.A. all season long. We talked about why he is going to be remembered for a long time and about the way that he plays the game hard. That leadoff infield single. The leadoff infield single 
and then getting to second with a wild pitch. And at that time, Little was never the same. He was never the same. And let me tell you this. I thought Tanner Allen tonight, even though he got some hits, he was big in the lineup. When you look at him, he was two for four. He scored four runs in the game. He walked once. He was hit by a pitch. I thought Tanner Allen on the bases tonight was essentially Bradfield for Vanderbilt on the on the bases. He was so aggressive, and he got in the mind, and Little was never the same after that infield single. All right, so it's interesting you say that because I started to send you a message because these things work together, right? If I remember correctly, Tanner Allen, he stole third just because the pitcher never looked at him. He was to third before the ball left the pitcher's hands. But he took second base three different times in this ball game on balls that were in the dirt. And it wasn't like they got away from the catcher. There were throws down most times. But here's, here's what sinks up on that, because I'm going to give another guy some credit here, and that is Cameron James. All right, so what have we said has been just the kryptonite for Cam James this year? Sliders down, right? Sliders down. And sliders away. All three of those are balls. You've got Tanner Allen running at first. You've got Cameron James at the plate. And what's the pitcher thinking? I got to get this guy a slider. I got to bury one right here. I thought that was a big sequence because Cameron James tonight, part of all three of those balls getting away from the catchers, Tanner Allen wasn't chasing him. Excuse me, Cameron James wasn't chasing him. That left Tanner. All right, so I've got to go back to a message you sent me during the game, Bart. Uh-oh, We've talked one? about this. We've talked about this at the Auburn game with uh, Tanner Leggett. Not- we have talked about it again. Lane Forsythe ends up with three hits. But at the time, we've got, was it bases loaded? Bases, one out. This is a huge play. Yeah, bases loaded. You got Forsythe at the plate. You've got a power arm on the mound, and you spike a breaking ball. On an 0-2 pitch. Spike a breaking ball to Forsythe, and that gives you a run. It It gave us a run. And at that time, it wasn't out of hand at all. But spiking that breaking ball down, I couldn't understand it at all. I'm, if, if I'm pitching against Lane, and, hey, later on in the game, he got a hit against a fastball. But he has had difficulty with fastball up and throwing him breaking ball down. Now, if you throw that and it's blocked up, you come back with fastball up on the next pitch and you probably blow, probably blow him away. But getting it in the dirt with a runner at third and foresight of the plate, I thought that was a mistake that was so huge. Uh, and it's arguably the play of the game. Could and be. the reason I say that is because at that point, it is a 4-1 ball game. And if you're Vanderbilt in a 4-1 ball game. That ain't nothing. It, and so it's still something to add to. You've got the bases loaded. Forsyth, swinging strike, takes a strike on a ball that was right down the middle. So now he is behind 0-2. And you spike it, and then so DeBrule comes home to score. I thought adding that run, you talk all the time about the difference in a three-run and a four-run game and a four-run and a five-run game. I thought adding that run in the third was a really big deal for Mississippi State because you've got the heart of the order. you got three, four, and five coming up for Vanderbilt in the fourth. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, we'll, we'll have three tonight. You talked me into that one. Actually, I'm still going to go with T.A. <laughs> well, I'm just giving it an honorable mention, but I thought that was a big play in the game. It was. Hey, do you think Young, Carson Young, shortstop for Vandy, is going to trade out gloves? <laughs> I don't think I've seen a ball do that. 
in a long time. I've seen it happen to a pitcher. I can't remember that happening to a shortstop. I, I don't remember the ball getting that. stuck in a glove, completely stuck in a glove. Had no idea where it is. Hey, check the webbing. He I turned around. <laughs> I mean, he was lost. <laughs> you know, when I grow up, I want to be Eric Cook. Yeah, look at that guy. You think he's having some fun right now? There's a lot of people having fun. And hey, here's the thing. You know Charlie? my favorite Eric Cook story? I got to tell you this. So, we're getting beat in football by Alabama about 40 to nothing. You know, I hadn't known Eric that long. <laughs> and I'm walking out. I'm just being nice and say, hey, Eric, how you doing, man? <laughs> we're getting beat 40 to nothing. How do you think I'm doing? <laughs> just kept going. <laughs> Oh, man. Eric's a guy you love in wintertime. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, if you're, if, you know, if, if you're not watching the game, I've got a few folks like that. You know, if, if I'm not watching a game that's going on, if I'm doing yard work or something like that, and I know my phone is not blowing up, we're playing well. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric's one of those guys. And, of course, the, our plays of the game brought to you by Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive and Starkville. Well, two Brothers. Well, they got that great menu. Everything on there is phenomenal. Charlie talked about the cheese grits last night, cheese fries. Man, everything on there is great. Hey, and talk about Eric. You know, Eric's always negative to us, but we love him. I love the guy. It has been, and it, this is not, this is not, I want to make sure I word this correctly. Is this where you're going to have to say I mean this in the kindest Christian way or I'm not being negative at all? No, no, okay. no, no, no. This is one of those that I really don't know how to tackle. Because I really don't know how to take compliments, to be honest with you. I think that is my communication faux pas, is you just don't know how to take compliments. But I have been absolutely blown away, floored, and just completely caught off guard by how many people have stopped us or stopped me here in Omaha talking about this show. And let me tell you this. We're just two guys that love Mississippi State baseball that started this last year, year and a half ago. And let me tell you, it's it's so much fun for us. And for you to walk up and say how much you enjoy it, that means a lot. You don't understand. It means a lot well, to us. And what was so cool today, just kind of walking around town, I had people, because you know they're listening because they're telling you about what happened. And, you know, there's such a reaction to Roy Oswald. Yeah. And I had a ton of people say, Man, I'd never thought about that. You know, Roy talking about putting the catcher on the plate. Yep. You know, to warm up when you're throwing on short rest because you want to throw down. And it's been really gratifying. I, I've been super appreciative. Uh, you know, I saw today Michael Hardy. Hardy. I, 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 did, I did too. So, I, I saw Hardy. And, of course, Hardy went to E.C., Michael Hardy. And he, heard, he wrote God's Country. We, we had him on the show last year about this time. And we talked about his songwriting, and he's just blown up in Nashville. I mean, he's writing all these songs, all these number ones, and, I mean, really big time right now. And I saw Mike. I saw his dad. And he comes walking up, and I talked to Mike for a while. And, anyway, somebody yelled, hey, Dad, hurry up. Come on. And it was, it was Michael. <laughs> and, he, of course, he goes by Hardy in the country music world. So I walked over and talked to him for a while. I haven't seen him in a while. Of course, he's going to be at the Shelby County Fair. Is he? Yeah, that's, that's what I said. I, hey, I'll see you in about a month. It was really cool because I went up and visited with him for a second, and he was like, yeah, I met your son a little bit earlier. I mean, that's what's so cool about how many of these guys are back. You know, we've seen Rafael Palmero here. I mean, just being guys. Yep. You know, just being guys. But, no, I think you're absolutely right. I've been I've been absolutely blown away. Uh, and, look, Chris Burt, you know, reaching out to both of us yesterday, that was really cool. So, I – 
in all sincerity, I can't tell you how much it means just to know that people actually are willing to listen. And so yeah. it's it's been incredible getting people um, talking to us. But uh, we're going to get to do one more. Uh, yeah. One more post-game wrap. We'll continue to do some maybe some – we've got to talk about what we want to do for the summer, whether it be some interviews. It's been pretty cool to get some of these interviews. Some of these guys have been really good. I'm hoping we're taking a few victory laps. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, right? I know it. Okay, a look ahead to tomorrow. Brought to you by Mosquito Joe of East Mississippi. Mosquito Joe, make outside fun again. If you're looking to do a lot of things outside, we we love hanging out outside at our house. Kids play in the big backyard. You know, we put some logs on the fire. And the thing, my blood is like a pixie stick to a mosquito. <laughs> they absolutely love my ankles. <laughs> and I tell you what, you talk about a lifesaver, it was finding the guys at Mosquito Joe of East Mississippi. They come up to start, well, they go to the Golden Triangle. They're in the Jackson area. They go down to Hattiesburg. They go over to Meridian. But Mosquito Joe of East Mississippi, man, they will get you taken care of, and they will make your outdoors completely different. You don't have to spray your legs every time you go out, even though I, I probably still should. But they put the systems on your house, on your deck. But Mosquito Joe of East Mississippi and Charlie, their look ahead to tomorrow. Now the question becomes, you know, the first thing that we start talking about is, okay, who's available in the bullpen for us? Is is Will Bednar a guy you use out of the bullpen? Who do you start? Do you use – do you – how much do you pitch a Cade Smith? How much do you pitch a Landon Sims? There's going to be so many people on those fan Mississippi State pages, the Facebook pages, who have their own thoughts right now about what we should do pitching-wise. If you ask me right now what I think we're going to do, I have no idea. I have no idea what you start with tomorrow. Well, I, I am of the opinion that if he is able to go, you go with Bednar even if you only get three innings out of him. And the reason I say that is because I think it is important to have somebody on the mound starting that ball game who is used to starting the ball game. Before we leave here tonight, somebody is going to walk us, walk up to us and say, you got to start Sims. We haven't started no. Sims all year long. No. And I think that's the guy who is wired for the back end of this thing. Now, what does that mean? Sixth would be the absolute earliest, but you got to keep in mind he threw a good bit on Saturday, right? So you're thinking maybe seven, eight, nine for him, and somebody's got to get you there. And I think, look, we've talked a lot about Mississippi State history. We've talked about that performance by Eric DeBose in that 97 regional. But Eric DeBose was a different kind of cat, man. But he was used to doing it, too. Back in those days, it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, they were used to doing it. And what was the other thing, though? We talked to Barry Patton, who was his catcher. He was gassed. And, and look, Eric DeBose told us, you know, that final out of the game, he basically went to the mound and said to himself, I got one more fastball. We're either about to win this thing or lose this thing, but this is it. And here's the thing, too, is we talked about regional time. We talked about getting to Omaha and getting to the College World Series, about how those last three outs, how hard they are. And I think it amplifies even more when you get here. Those last three outs, if you're in a tie game or a one-run game and you're late in the game tomorrow, you're going to have some guys out there. You don't want anybody in that situation who doesn't understand what closing the game's like because it will get big 
and it doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter if you have a one-run or a three-run lead or a tie ball game. It's different. Ask Arkansas. It's different when you get to the ninth inning. And so that's, that's the whole thing is um, we are in uncharted territory right now. That guy walking around, Rafael Palmero tonight, they had a great team. That was a team we grew up with. Team full of all stars, and they didn't get here. They didn't get to. Then it, it shows you how hard it is. It shows you how hard it is to get here. Now you want to say you're going to be here every single year, but man, it's a special. You don't know when it's going to be again. I remember walking out of that stadium in 2013 after losing to UCLA, and looking at Greg Dry, who's now on the Auburn staff, and you sat there and said, "How long will it be to get back?" How long will it be before we're in this situation again and you just don't know? And I tell you what, tomorrow night, it's just amazing you get to the point. But I'm nervous already. <laughs> and I don't get nervous. I don't get nervous. But I couldn't sit in my seat tonight. No, it's – but I'll tell you this. I, I think if I am building this baseball game for Mississippi State tomorrow, I'm, I'm really hoping I get something out of Bednar. But here's what State fans are going to have to understand. You're not going to get, no matter how hard he tries, the Will Bednar. An absent something phenomenal, you're not going to get the Will Bednar that gives you seven shutout innings, right? It's just that isn't a realistic view. But if I could get four out of him, I feel good. Then I've got Landon Sims that I'd love to get nine outs with, maybe six. You're going to have to find somebody to plug that middle right now. I don't necessarily know who that is. Now, Vanderbilt, let's flip the page a little bit, okay? Vanderbilt, you've got Kumar Rocker. He's good. He's been there. You talk about DeBose being used to throwing. One thing you can say, Rocker's thrown a lot of pitches, a lot of different games. And then I got to think the guy that you're going to see again is Maldonado. We saw him in the ball game last night in game one. Got to think Maldonado sitting out there. He's a guy that in league play this year led the team in appearances, had an ERA under three, and he's faced this team just a couple of days ago. I think you probably see him back. So if I had to guess, those are the big four, but you feel like both these teams got to piece it together somewhere else. Got to get some runs early, get this crowd in it again. Don't swing at back foot sliders. Yeah, that's the thing. We, we had patience tonight. We worked counts. That was huge. Charlie? Man, that was fun. 13-2, state wins, national championship tomorrow night or later tonight. We're in the wee hours of the morning here in Omaha, and the crowd is still huge at the Hilton downtown. Now, having been around a team about to play for a championship, I don't think I'll have to tell Chris Lamonis this, but get them off their feet, get them to bed. <laughs> Here's the positive. You know, the first couple games they came in the front door, you know, they, they lived up the crowd a little bit, but they've been coming in the back door. And you know what I'm referring to when I say that. Yeah, it's I know. after beating UConn, and yeah. it takes forever. I, it's We haven't seen a team – I haven't seen anybody associated with the team come through here. No, no, and I don't think you will. So, all right, dogs win it. And that uh, look ahead brought to you once again by our friends at Mosquito Joe of East Mississippi. So, Charlie and I will be back tomorrow night – and uh, no matter what happens, we'll probably be crying. So, anyway. <laughs> that is the only thing we could say for sure. <laughs>
Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Once again, thanks to our fine sponsors at Bank First, Two Brothers Smoke Meats, Maroon and White Realty, and Mosquito Joe of East Mississippi. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on the post-game wrap from here in Omaha.